Welcome to the Restoration Church Weekly Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you are inspired by today's podcast to pursue your God-given calling to reach just one more. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Restoration Church. As one church... We are gathering in four places today here in Dover, and then two and a half hours away in Bethlehem, an hour and a half away in Plymouth, and 22 minutes on the highway to Milton. Will you guys welcome all the locations this morning? Uh, You know, I'm just uh, so grateful to have you here, so grateful we get to worship together. Minimum of four salvations last week uh, in our services, which is um, so exciting. What we want for you, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've never decided to follow Jesus, we want you to hear his good news, his message, how God wants you, but you know, no matter how you try to get to him, sin has you captured. But the amazing thing, God wants you so much He sent his only son, Jesus, to rescue you, to die on the cross. And if you just believe and if you just ask, he will forgive you, he will save you, and he will even adopt you into his family. And we want that for you. We want that for you, not just to attend a church service, but to meet Jesus. Uh, This morning, as we talk and share, this is probably, this is maybe going to feel a little bit more like like a lecture. So a couple weeks ago, someone named my, someone who, who's my wife, said that felt, like a, that felt like a staff meeting. And uh, I was like, well, that doesn't sound very good. She's like, no, no, it's a good thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And then last week, obviously, was a message. If, if you're going to plan on ever coming back here again, you need to go back and listen to last week's sermon. Today, parts of this are going to feel like a lecture um, because... We just, we're just going to get in and, and do some teaching here, look at a whole bunch of different scriptures. We'll be all over the place. And I want you to give you a little bit of behind the scenes of your, really a behind the scenes of your spiritual growth. And uh, hopefully this will be very beneficial to you. And my, my goal um, for this morning is that each of you will become more intentional about your relationship with Jesus. You'll become more intentional about your personal spiritual growth. That's my hope. And that you wouldn't just like exist, some, you know, exist around Christianity, exist around Jesus, but you'd be deliberate about getting to know him, about following him, and growing yourself spiritually. So I'm going to ask you two questions. And I don't want you to answer them out loud, but I want you to reflect uh, because some of you answer wrong, and I don't, I don't want to embarrass you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, here's the first question. Uh, is there a difference? So ask this about yourself. Are you a Christian or are you a, a disciple? And you're like, isn't that the same thing? And, and maybe yes, maybe no. Is there a difference? That's something that we'll talk about today. Next question is, are you a believer or a follower? You would think, well, isn't that the same thing? Can and, um, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. Is there a difference between these two? Now, uh, the, uh, I, the reason I didn't have you answer out loud is because, uh, one, if you're none of those, it, that would be awkward to be like, I'm none. <laughs> but we, we know that you're here, and that's why we're going to preach Jesus. But 
there's a difference in there's a difference in our day of someone who's a Christian and someone who's a disciple. It doesn't mean the same thing. Uh, and there's a difference between someone who believes in Jesus or believes in God and someone who follows him. So let's talk about this, all right? Now, if you state that you're a Christian, and lots of people do, culturally still lots of people do, come, come voting season, all of a sudden a lot of politicians are like, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah, let me read a Bible verse. And, and uh, you're like, really, they're a Christian? I never knew, I never knew. It's because they never did either. They're, you know, the people telling them how to win a campaign are telling, hey, you're a Christian now. Like, oh, perfect. Um, and... So one scripture that points to this is one of many, but it's in Titus chapter 1, verse number 16. And it says, such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. <laughs> it's funny, that does sound like some politicians. Uh, the, the thing is, right, it's very easy to be in, especially in a, a, a church on a Sunday morning, be like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Hey, pastor, I don't, know, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm a Christian too. And it's very easy in this setting. Um, and, and in fact, you would call yourself a Christian even if you weren't because you would want to fit in and blend in. Now, outside of that, you're, you're at high school, you're at college, you're at work, and no one identifies themselves as a Christian then you're likely going to feel the pressure not to make a big deal about it, not to make it known. And if you're not really a Christian, you're just going to immediately be like, take, you not even ever mention that because it doesn't benefit you in that moment. So we can say you're a Christian, we can believe in God, but these things don't mean that we're a disciple or that we're following God. Another scripture James 2.19, and I've shared this before. I remember the first time I ever heard this Bible verse or read this Bible verse and just how alarming and shocking it was for me. James chapter 2, verse 19 says this. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Yet, and good for you, amazing. You believe that there's one God. You believe in God. Outstanding. Did you know that even the demons believe this? and they tremble in terror. And I think that was a shocking thing for me. I, I, I don't know, I was a teenager the first time I heard that and I uh, realized, oh yeah, that's right, Satan believes in God. Demons and fallen angels believe in God. Okay, what's gonna make me different than them? Because if they, they say believe in God, I say I believe in God. So what's the difference between me and a demon? And if you ask my mom at that time, she'd say not much. Not much at all. Now, a disciple is, last week we talked about the Great Commission, making disciples, and what is a, what's the distinction? So I'm going to read you, this is something that a, a New Testament scholar, that's someone who's studying it professionally, studying the Bible professionally, all, that's all they're doing. His name's Michael Wilson, he, Wilkins, he says that a disciple is one who has come to Jesus for eternal life has claimed Jesus as Savior and God, and has embarked on the life of following Jesus. So you believe, you've asked him to save you and rescue you for your sin, and then now you're, you're spending the rest of your life living for him. I, I 
thought of it this way. A disciple is one who runs to Jesus, runs with Jesus in the places he's going, and then runs for Jesus. And if you've ever done a, a, a race or a marathon on behalf of someone else or for the cause of someone else, then this helps you to gather that idea. It's not just someone who, who has a number pinned to their chest, someone who says, oh yeah, I'm a runner. <laughs> but these are people who are going after Jesus. And then a follower, a, di- a disciple and a follower, really the same, the same thing, but we think in scripture where Paul writes, follow me as I follow Jesus. That you don't just say, I believe in Jesus, but you are following him. And if someone shows up in your life in the middle of a Tuesday, if someone would, I'm gonna spend Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday with you to understand what it's like to be a Christian and how to follow Jesus. Is there anything between Tuesday and Saturday that would show them how to live the Christian life? And this now gets a little bit challenging. Well, I don't know. And these are some of the things that we want to learn, that we want to talk about and teach about today. Not just today, that we want to be, you know, you begin to see how this is connected to our spiritual growth. I want you to say, I want to grow spiritually. If someone were to, from another nation, from another religion, were to show up in my life and say, I'm going to hang out with you for the next couple of weeks, I want to see why you follow Jesus, how great it is to follow Jesus, what it looks like to follow Jesus. Is there anything in our life outside of attending a church service that would show them the great blessing it is to live the John 10, 10 life, life to the overflow, life overflowing, life abundant? Is there anything? I, I'll, I'll share this real quick. You can think about this and ponder this too. I feel like the two biggest distinctions between someone who says they're a Christian and someone who says they believe in Jesus to someone who's a disciple or a follower of Jesus, I think the two biggest distinctions are number one, holiness. And you, if you say you're, you follow Jesus, you're a disciple of Jesus, then there should be an increasing holiness in your life over the path, over the time frame of your life. It's not that you're immediately perfect, you do everything right, but the longer you follow Jesus, the more you're like Jesus, and the more holy you become. And you can be holy without Jesus because certainly there are religions who don't believe in Jesus who follow strict rules and, and, and a strict moral lifestyle. But this is not a moral lifestyle. This is following Jesus and obeying his commands. And so if you would say, you, you know, if you think about yourself at 14 years old and you think about yourself now, have you increased in holiness or decreased in holiness or has there been no change? I think that's one thing that shows us, oh, wait a minute, maybe I'm not following Jesus anymore. Oh, how do you know that? Well, because of the things I did this past weekend. I know when I, I, know when I was 14 years old, the things that I believed about scripture and what Jesus taught about holiness and lifestyle and following him, and I don't actually, I'm not practicing any of those things anymore. Or is there an increase? And, and if you, and so to begin to think and ponder and wrestle with those things. The other thing, and this rarely gets talked about, but it is, the distinction is disciple making. So am I 
am I a, a follower of Jesus? Am I a disciple of Jesus? Or am I just, or am I not? One of those things to look at is disciple making. So how you involve yourself in becoming more like Jesus, and then how you involve others. The, the plan that Jesus has for your life, which we talked about last week, is not just that you would receive salvation and have your sins forgiven, but it's that you would be a disciple-making disciple. That is someone who's following Jesus, you would be teaching others how to follow Jesus. And this is a part that we, we feel like we're unqualified, we feel like we don't have any idea how to do that. And for many of us, and for many Americans, we're, we're living morally. We're, we're not doing wrong things, we're showing up at church, we're giving, but we're not interacting with anybody else to help them to become more like Jesus. And we're not interacting with people who don't know Jesus to help them to meet Jesus. And we're not interacting with people who have met Jesus, helping them to become more like Jesus. And we're not placing ourselves in deliberate places and conversations where we would be challenged to become more like him as well. Now, if that hasn't felt like a lecture enough, let's turn this into a lecture. Ah, uh, be like, yay! <laughs> uh, so, when we think about disciple making, becoming more like Jesus, there are three areas of your life that you want to be looking at and evaluating and learning and becoming more like Jesus and being disciples in these areas. I've got these words show up here on the screen for you. Three words. Orthodoxy, which maybe you're familiar with, orthopraxy, and orthopathy. These are three areas that you need to be concerned about in your life and that we're concerned about for you, for your life. So let's, you can leave that on the screen here, but let's talk and define these for you. We'll give some scripture to help you understand it and... Um, you guys ready for this? All right, orthodoxy. You probably, you're, you've kind of heard this, even though you don't really understand maybe what it is, but you'll get it here real quick. Orthodoxy is correct doctrine and teaching. So when someone says, like, like uh, we're an orthodox church, or they're an orthodox Jew, or um, what they're trying to say is we are down to the very very strict traditions of this belief. So we worship the same way we did 2,000 years ago, we dress the same way we did, and they're, they're locking that in. That's not what it means in our context because certainly so much of what we do is, is different and, it, and it's open to change. But it's saying in our belief and doctrine, we believe the same things that the church believed when it was established in the beginning of the first century. That we, we hold to a historical and traditional understanding of, of uh, uh, on, on current positions according to what the church has always thought and believed and taught. This is very important. 
So for you, the challenge for us is there is so much teaching that is not orthodox. There's so much teaching that, um, that is that has crept in and it's, I mean, it's, you read scripture, it was trying to creep in back then, trying to, trying to make adjustments, trying to switch, trying to change, trying to add stuff to it that it can be very, very difficult to know, is my, am I right in my orthodoxy? Are my beliefs right? Is my understanding of, of doctrine and scripture, is it right? So I wanna read you this scripture in Galatians chapter one, verse number six. And Paul writes, he says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. We just pause there. And to recognize in our life that we can be pursuing God, we can have had experience with God, and we can make that decision to turn away from it. And sometimes we don't even realize that we've done it. And that's why we look at ourselves as, you know, when we first started following Christ, and we look at ourselves now, and we begin to realize, when did all these compromises show up in my life? When did I become okay with these things? I'm shocked that you're turning away from God. Who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ? You're not following a different, you are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Here's, here's a couple that you may have heard of that you may even hold on to. One is this, a, a, a doctrine that's false. All right, It's to say that, well, I believe that God's love, which is true, Except in the context that they're saying is, so we can do whatever we want and God's not going to punish us. And that part's not true. Well, I just believe that God loves everybody. Well, that's true. But what we're saying is that God won't punish anyone for their life, for their sin, for their disobedience. And that part isn't true. You're following a different way. It's pretending to be the good news. But it's not the good news at all. Anytime we pretend that the sin that enslaves us is, that, it, that it's not sin, that we're not enslaved in it, that we don't need repentance, that we don't need to confess our sins and turn from our lifestyle, then we've been tricked, we've been sabotaged, we've been caught. We want to make sure that we have right doctrine. Right doctrine. We want to fight for right doctrine. We want to challenge long-held traditions and beliefs. We want to make sure we're boiling this down to Scripture. Pastor Stephen, in Bethlehem, he talked on the podcast this week. He grew up, his dad was a pastor in Kuwait. He grew up in Kuwait. And one of the things he was taught as a teenager is Christians don't wear jewelry. And Christians don't get tattoos. And, and that we weren't teaching on the good news of Jesus. We we're teaching on these are important rules you must follow. And I probably some of us who were Christians during the 80s or the 70s recognize some of those things. 
When I went to Bible college, I was a freshman in 1999 in Bible college, and the handbook hadn't been updated in a long time, but one of the rules in the handbook, one of the serious rule in the handbook, you can't play Frisbee on Sundays. I mean, it's been updated since, but like, why? How? It makes no sense. It has nothing to do with the good news of Jesus. So we want to make sure we're correct. And I'll begin to point all these things together, but if we have wrong belief, wrong doctrine, this will begin to sabotage everything else. So this is very, very important. You've got to know, you've got to study. Don't listen to the narrative of culture. You've got, we've got to go back to the apostles and the early church fathers and church history in order to make sure that we have not snuck in something that is not good and not of God. Now let's talk about orthopraxy. This is correct living. That your lifestyle is right, that your lifestyle is aligning with the gospel, aligning with scripture. You say, if you're, if you're like, I, I'm a follower of Jesus, I believe, thou shalt not murder the Ten Commandments, but yet you're a murderer. <laughs> this would be, it does, so you believe right, but your practice is wrong. I believe the Bible is real, but yet you're living as if it doesn't apply to you. Titus 1.16, um, you know, we, we mentioned this already, such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. I know God, I'm a follower of God. Can I challenge you in a few things then? Scripture says, don't get drunk. Well, I wasn't drunk. Wait a minute, what does scripture say? And so you say, I believe, but then you deny him by the way you live. And certainly that was an easy one to pick, but there are all kinds of things that every single one of us have maybe have something in our life where we're hiding it or we're thinking, we're, we're, we're changing the, the way it's named I'm not drunk, I'm buzzed. <laughs> Last I knew, the Bible didn't have a, uh, a blood alcohol level listed in it, right? So th- these are things that we've got to think about and ponder and maybe repent of. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And this is part of our orthopraxic correct living, not out of obligation, not trying to follow rules, not out of tension or fear or walking on eggshells, which we talked about on Easter, but because we love Jesus. You know, in, 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 my, in my marriage, and maybe your marriage too, I can do the same thing for my wife and I can do one out of fear and one out of love. It could be the exact same. I can wash the dishes out of fear or I can wash the dishes out of love. And I would say she could say the same thing, right? She, you know, and, but where, where's the blessing in the marriage when we're serving each other out of love, when we're giving and sacrificing and asking forgiveness, when we're doing those things out of love? Listen, 
we obey Jesus because we love him. I serve my wife, my wife serves me because we love each other. That is where the blessing is found. Another scripture toward correct living, orthopraxy, Micah 6, 8. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? How we live every day, that, that Tuesday to Saturday job shadowing, Christian shadowing, how we live every day, these are important things. These are part of being a follower, part of following him. The next thing here is orthopathy. So right doctrine, right living, what's orthopathy? This is right emotions and passions. That you to think through in your discipleship journey and, and your spiritual growth, have you thought about your feelings? That maybe your anxiety should be discipled. That maybe your insecurity should be discipled. That maybe your arrogance should be discipled. And what we're trying to do is according to our belief of scripture, according to our obedience of Christ, we're trying to make sure that the feelings we're feeling are right. And orthopathy is talking about in, in, in uh, uh, a transformed inner life. That within us, we're being transformed. My wife is texting me about preaching to her during the message, I think. Um, she's like, I didn't think you would see that. I, I don't know, we'll see what she texts next after she's read that. I don't know what it said, but it probably said something like, you wanna know fear, I'll teach you fear. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, a transformed inner life. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse number nine says this, and this is, you probably never heard this talked about this way. It's talking about single people, singles who are dating, if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. So you're having a hard time here? For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. All right, we always think about that as being orthopraxy. We think about it like, oh, there's a, there's a physical act that you can't contain, so you better get married. Listen, if you're gonna marry for a physical act, you're gonna really, you're gonna have a hard time with your marriage. But what, is he, what he's actually talking about here is orthopathy, right feelings, inward life. So it's better to marry than burn with passion. Passion is what? It's right emotion, right life. And so there's, there's not, certainly it's talking about the sin of, of sex outside of marriage. But he's talking about that inward life, passion, Better to burn with lust, as the, the, uh, another translation of Scripture says. And so what we're doing is, because of my doctrine, because of my right living, now I'm going to line those two things up to make sure that inwardly I am following Christ here as well. 
Another thing that maybe you've said before, and I've certainly heard many people say um, over the years, they'll say, I feel like God hates me. What is that? That's an orthopathy statement. It's a feeling statement. It's a wrong feeling. But what can happen is, if you've got wrong orthodoxy, uh, at Christmas time, we talked about a theology of bad gift giving, that God's going to give you bad gifts. Uh, a wrong, God is angry. God is mean. God is holding lightning, waiting to, to destroy people. A wrong belief about God can then lead to wrong living, which can then lead to wrong thinking. Or even because of a wrong belief about God, we think God hates me, and so we begin to live in a self-destructive way because we just don't believe that God would ever forgive us or ever accept us, so we just double down on, on wrong living because of a wrong doctrine. Peter uh, Scazzaro has written many books all titled Emotionally Healthy something or other, but the one we recommend, uh, uh, recommend the most is Emotionally Healthy Leadership. And he says this in most of his books, it is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. This is, should be a big, maybe a big slap in the face. You act like a brat. You act like a baby. You act entitled, spoiled, proud, arrogant, like the world revolves around you. Guess what? You're going to be stunted in your spiritual growth. That we've got to be growing ourselves inwardly, becoming more emotionally mature, getting past of uh, uh, getting healing and, and, and freedom from past sins, from past trauma, from just things we were taught, things that were taught wrong about God. We've got to be growing spiritually. Amazing thing happens when a 28-year-old gets his first full-time job. You'll grow spiritually when you grow up. When you stop playing video, unless video games is your job, I understand. But when it's not your job, and you're just lazy, and you get Cheetos dust stuck all in your face, and on your shirt, and on your fingers, no one will even share a controller with you because the thing's so gross. When you grow up, you'll begin to grow spiritually, but you're stuck because you're still acting like you're 13 years old. You're not. Adolescence is over. Be a man, and you'll find yourself becoming a man of God. I want to, um, you know, w one of the songs that we sing on Sunday mornings is, is really, it's like an orthopathy song. We sing... Jesus, I can't contain it. My love, my praises, all of my passion. All of my passion. Inwardly, everything I have is coming out for you. Right feeling, right emotion. Worshiping Jesus is never out of dread. Coming to church is never out of dread. Giving is never out of dread. Serving, it's not out of dread. Sharing our faith is not out of dread. It's all out of 
love all out of passion. We can live as, we can live with the title Christian, but live like we're atheists. God, we're, there's not any part of our inward life, any part of our actions or behaviors that actually shows we believe in a one true God. And we believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We can live outside of all of that. Now, one of the things that we've, we've kind of always thought about this as we preach, we Sometimes people just want us to talk about orthodoxy. It, you know, just, just teach us more doctrine, teach us more doctrine. Well, one thing I heard a long time ago is, as Christians, we have more knowledge than we could ever possibly apply. And the thing that I've always said in, in all my years as lead pastor is, we can, have, we can just talk about orthodoxy, we can just have deep teaching, but, but, but we need to have deep living. And I've tried to always teach toward deep living. Because just, just talking about, we could sit here and talk, orthopraxy, orthodoxy, orthopathy, and people walk out of here and be like, that was so good, that was so good, that was so good, that was so good. <laughs> and, but, there, but, the, but what in the world does that do? No, we are always trying to, how do we walk with Jesus every day? When scripture talks about milk and meat, I can't give you meat because I'm giving you milk. The only thing, the milk was the orthodoxy. We can't move past on how you live your life as a Christian, how you are changed inwardly as a Christian, how Christianity surrounds every part of your life because I'm still trying to teach you God is love. There is a hell. And we're stuck on those things. The meat of scripture is practicing it and living it and becoming it. So within, um, that was a little bit, I apologize for that. Uh, the, the, anyway, I, I don't know where I was, but I know where I am now, right? It's Thursday morning here. What are all you doing here at the church on the Thursday? Um, Within our, within, we've always taught these this way, but over the last year, we've been deliberate. Uh, I don't know when it was, a year ago, a year and a half ago, we were deliberate about adjusting our service to make sure that we're targeting these three areas in your life. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you this here in a second. So many of you went through Freedom Circles and the Freedom Retreat. If you only went through the circles, but you didn't go to the retreat, make sure you're signing up for the retreat next year. Half of it is the 12-week circle. The other half of it is the 24-hour retreat. They are tandem, and so you, you, if you went to the circles, you got half of it done. Good job, proud of you. There's another half. You got to finish that. But freedom circles and freedom retreat, put those three words back up there for me. These are designed, and we did this to disciple you and to help you grow in your orthopathy, right feeling, right passion. And we've received so many testimonies after the retreat, and you feel broken, you feel hurt, you feel stuck, 
but through the power of the Holy Spirit, he changes that, and then what are you free? You're freedom. Free from those lies, free from that baggage, free from that hurt, and then how do you feel differently after that? You feel right, orthopathy. Currently, right now, we're in a, um, on Wednesday nights, we just started last week, following Jesus. What are we trying to teach you in following Jesus? Orthopraxy. How, to, you know, right actions. What does a Christian do? Well, a Christian prays. Oh, well, how do I pray? What does a Christian do? A, a Christian loves other Christians. All right. Can you prove that in scripture? Oh, yeah, actually. Oh, okay, it seems to be there. I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And we're learning how to live as Christians. And some of us, we're like, well, I've been a Christian for 30 years. Why would I need to go to that class? Well, because maybe you were taught a bunch of things that weren't actually right. And that happens all the time. How can you call yourself a church when you have a black ceiling? Uh, because it has nothing to do with the Bible. How can you call yourself a pastor with that pathetic mustache? Well, does that, you're just a jerk. <laughs> that has nothing to do with scripture. And so we're looking at that. Another thing that, that we've offered in the past, so my wife and I took in 2008, that every periodically we open it back up again, but it's financial peace. Financial peace, that's an orthopraxy class because scripture, how does a Christian handle their money? What's right living financially for the Christian? Well, financial peace teaches that. And then orthodoxy, the, the class that'll be or the, the, the circles that will be going on in the fall is one called Foundations, which is a doctrine class. We believe in, we believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. That's a foundational Christian belief. Do you know where to find that in the Bible? Do you know why it's important that we believe that? Some people will think like, well, whether or not he's a virgin, anyway, he still changed my life a good thing. Whoa, 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 Bessie, <laughs> hold up here. If we don't believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, then actually we don't have salvation. That's a big thing. I believe that Jesus is one of the many ways that people find God. Hold up here. Hold up. Well, I, whether Jesus rose from the grave or not, wait a minute. If he didn't rise from the grave... And so we, this foundations will be teaching through within our, we're part of a group of churches called the Assemblies of God, so foundations will be going through those 16 core truths that we hold to and, and be teaching that because you've got to know why you believe what you do. That scripture says what it says and, uh, and et cetera. So I'm out of time and uh, I'm going to pray for you. So the, uh, 
we actually never talked about what to do now. If the band's going to sing, other, everybody else, you can sing and uh, as we close out service. And I want to pray for you. And I want you to pray for yourself. Maybe you recognize that there's one of these areas you've never grown in. You've never studied doctrine. You just believe what people on TikTok tell you to believe. So you've got to study. You've got to know. It would be amazing for you to say, yes, I believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And here are the scriptures I know speak toward that. Yeah, I know I'm forgiven because here are a scripture or two that speaks on that. We close your eyes and we pray for you. Jesus, we love you. We worship you and we lift up your holy name. We want to be like you, Jesus. We've been preaching that this whole year. We want to be like you. And this is a, these are ways we become like you. We, we need to have a right doctrine of you, of your Father, of the Holy Spirit. We need to have right actions. We, if we're going to follow you and we're going to believe in you, then our life needs to act like you. And then internally, we want to be transformed. We don't want it to just be outward religious people, you, you spoke to people like that, you called them whitewashed tombs outwardly, they did everything right, but inside was decay and death. I, I pray our inner man would be alive and healthy and would be bringing you glory. We can say, yes, I'm a Christian, but our mind can be full of pollution and sin and wrong thoughts. Transform us in every part of our life. In the doctrines we've we've adopted that are wrong, correct them. Maybe study scripture and make sure we're believing a true gospel, not a false imitation. May we believe and live according to scripture, not according to the way culture tells us we should live. And may internally, may we live according to your word, not even according to our own feelings or according to our past, but may we live in the freedom of Christ. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.